So what I wanted to do with having you on is, I think there's a tendency to allow the flame to, to dull. And there's a tendency to allow things in our lives to um, keep that flame from, from burning at full capacity. Um, and so I wanted to talk today about the, some keys to keeping the flame alive. Yeah. And I asked you to come up with five keys, mm-hmm. five points. I came up with five points and we're going to go back and forth and share these and, and kind of speak to each other's. And I think it's going to be good. Ultimately, we're going to have 10 things. We may have some overlap, but I think we're going to have some original, uh, not original, but some um, individual ideas and thoughts to go along with each other's stuff. So yes. it's going to be good. It's going to be fun. I believe it's going to be uplifting to the listeners for sure. This is keys to keeping the flame alive. I want to read that verse again. Yeah. I've got it right here. Second Timothy one, six. This is why I remind you to fan into flames, the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid hands upon you. But this is Paul talking to Timothy. This is Paul, a spiritual father talking to his spiritual son, Timothy, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. I wanted to add that part in there too, because that's a verse a lot of us know, but we don't know that they're, those two verses are linked up together. They're right? linked, yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's, he said, I, I want to remind you to fan into flames. And then he says, basically, fear not. <laughs> like, yeah. Like yeah. You're, you're gonna, with this flame, you're going to step into places that are going to be aiming at blowing your blowing your fire out. So fear mm-hmm. not. God's given you a, a spirit of, of power, love, and self-discipline. So with that, the reason I wanted to put, I wanted to put that second verse in there was, Self-discipline to me is the key to all this. Mm-hmm. God's given us a flame. Paul told Timothy to fan into flame, to actually do something, right? Yeah. He's giving yeah. Timothy responsibility for his flame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's things that he that, that I believe you can do, you should do to discipline your life, to, to fuel that flame and to, to feed that flame a little bit. So I'm going to go first here. I'm going to give the, my first point. Number one, stop comparing yourself to other people. Mm. As we are concerned with other people's flames, we often stop tending to ours. Whew. My flame represents my whole life. Everything that God has called me to do is powered by that internal flame. Mm. So my flame provides the power to do all the things that God's called me to do. It's a personal flame. It's an internal flame. If any part of my life is not being fueled by the flame, it will eventually go out in other areas as well. Mm. An unattended fire will always burn out. Come on. There are other people in my life that need my flame burning at full capacity. As a leader in my home, there are people that need me to be on fire. So I cannot afford to be comparing my flame to other people's flames. Mm. I can only afford to focus on my flame and keep it burning. I got a verse to go with that Galatians six, four through five, but let each one examine his own work mm. and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in other people for each mm. one shall bear his own load. There's a, there's an emphasis there for us to focus on our own work run our yeah. own race, stay in our own lane, perform our own job, right? 
mm-hmm. focused on our own family and the own responsibilities, the, the people and the things that God has put in our life, that flame that he's given me, that gift of flame that he's given me is meant to power all the things that he's called me to do. And I've been called to do different things than Scott Tilly's been called to do. Mm-hmm. Scott's been called to do different things than Darren's been called to do. And each of us are responsible for maintaining the flame to do the things that we need to do. Mm-hmm. It's easy. It's easy for me to look around and say, man, that guy's flame is really, really burning. That guy, how did, he is just on fire, yada, yada, yada. And I'm focusing on other people's flames the whole time. I've, I've lost sight of mine and I've, I've, I've forgotten what fuels my flame and I've forgotten how to, to keep my flame going. What are your thoughts on that? I dude, that's a, that's a home run. I, I firmly believe what you just said, because when we do focus on somebody else's flame, like you said, we're not tending to our own flame. And we're not taking time to be intimate with the Lord for ourselves. We're actually trying to glean off somebody else's anointing or somebody else's words or somebody else's ministry, which they can help us. But ultimately, God gives us our own ministry and our own way of moving through this life that if we do ours well, guess what? He does his well, then it already correlates together and we're all doing well together instead of me completely fixating on what he's doing. I think of a couple instances. Um, Well, one, remember when David uh, was running up to, to face Goliath and before he did, he was with his brothers and he was the boy that brought the cheese to the, to the party, right? Yeah. To to, to keep the men full of protein and full of fight, you know, full in fight mode. But Remember when he, um, when they gave, they gave David, his brother gave him his gear and he said, here, you know, take this. And what did David say? He said, this, this doesn't fit me. Right. It doesn't fit me. That This is not mine. It doesn't fit me. And so he sheds it off. Right. And he goes and takes care of business. Like, like he knew that if he wore somebody else's armor, that he wouldn't be able to do what he was called to do. Mm. And God wanted to set a statement with David that his name will be exalted among all nations and among all people. And David understood that. That was his first thing that he understood, that, that God called him to do something, whether anybody else around him okayed it or not, he was going to do it. And I think that we can we can get to that place. That he could have got to that place where looking at his brothers, right? Looking at their specific call and going, you know, they're leaders in this war. I'm just a shepherd boy back here taking care of the sheep. And, mm. you know, but he didn't, right? He understood yep. his purpose and he understood the passion that God put in his heart. And I think we need to be that way, you know? And if and if we're going to be um, in a place to help grow and build the kingdom of God, we have to do our job well. We have to position ourselves appropriately. And I, I just love the way that you you talked about the non-comparison thing because i have that on one of mine it's just not the yeah. first one yeah and we talked about crossing these and i love that uh just just confirms that we're we're thinking the same way and yeah and i, I wanted to i wanted to say one more thing to that because i feel like there are other flames in my life that i'm called to stoke and and fan and that would be my family and that would be my brothers, and that would be mm-hmm. the people that God has put in my life to walk with, right? Mm-hmm. So my family, my girls, you got kids, our kids, they don't know how to fan their own flame necessarily, correct? 
It's our job to teach them, just like Paul was doing with Timothy. Yep. He was teaching him how to fan that flame. So, yeah, I'm very concerned about my children's flames. I'm very concerned about the flame of my wife. And I'm very concerned about the, the I've got a very small number of brothers that I care about their flame yeah. enough to hold them accountable and to speak into their flame and to fan that flame with them. And I, that's, that's okay. I, I would suggest that's actually best. I think God Absolutely. puts, puts people in your lives for that purpose. A lot of times I think when the, the comparison thing gets out of hand is when we think it's our job to fan everybody's flames, right? Mm-hmm. It's my job to call out everybody's lack of a burning fire or, right. you know, whatever. But, um, but yeah, I think we get the gist of that. Give me your yes. number one. What's your, what's your first one? First one, uh, first key to keeping the flame alive. And these uh, are in no particular order, by the way, right. for, for the yeah. listeners. But I'm uh, glad that you, I'm glad you said that because yeah. this is just kind of how they fell in my brain. Doesn't mean that one's above the other. Yep. Um, Mine are above yours, but so, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So uh, number one, I have uh, one way to keep your flame alive is to read the word. You have to read the word of God. And um, two things go along with that, to know him and to be known by him. It's and they, they go hand in hand. One, you know, doesn't happen without the other. And the only way to know him is to read his story. The only way that you can know the author is to read his story. You can't coattail from your pastor. Some of the stuff we're talking about, you can't coattail from some minister on YouTube. Yeah, those are great things, but you have to know him for yourself. And most importantly, you have to be known by him. And there's practicality behind these things that I wrote down. One of them to know him is to deny yourself. That's mm-hmm. the first way to know Jesus, to deny yourself. Um, and to do that, you have to put your own fleshly desires aside and say, okay, I'm choosing to follow the good shepherd. Although I've led a life astray for 15, 20, 30 years, I'm choosing now to deny my flesh. I'm going to follow the good shepherd so that he may know me, right? Um if, if God is to be known, then we must be known by him, right? Okay, so with that, um, denying yourself, um, I have a scripture here that I want to read, and it just goes hand in hand with what I've been saying and what, with what Darren has been saying as well, the importance of, um, of fanning this flame. And it's not always easy, but it's, it's noted because it's scripture. Like, you have to be able to get into a place to understand without the word of God, we're, we're in trouble. And, and so the, the verse comes from, uh, from Matthew 24, um, sorry, Matthew 16, starting in verse 24. It says, then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. That's the first way that we come to the knowledge of who Jesus is, deny ourselves pick up our cross and follow, right? The second thing I want to say is this, that when we are known by Jesus, John 10, 27 becomes the reality of our life. And that is that Jesus says this about his sheep. My sheep know my voice. They listen to my voice. They know it. And I know them and they follow me. So to read the word is to understand you're going to have to make a commitment at some point in your life. Like you either believe what it says or you completely discard it. You can't have both. You either... You're either in or you're out. And so reading the word, fanning into flame, the, not, not just the gifts, but 
the probability that God is who he, exactly who he says he is as I read the word and as I become known by him and as I become to know him. So that's the first thing that I've got. What are your thoughts on that, man? So good. That, uh, that should be my number one as well. That would be, um, and I've actually got, I do have one of that, uh, that I'll speak to a little bit later, but I think for that's it, man. I mean, that's what the word is for. Like the word is for that. The word is for edification, right? It's for, um, knowledge. It's for wisdom. It's, I mean, all the, all of these things that we need, we, if you feel like your flame is, is going out, get in the word, go back to the word. I mean, that's, that's literally like if all else, if you can do nothing else, if you're, you know, God forbid you're in a car crash and you are paralyzed from head to toe and you can't do anything else. And a lot of these other things on this list are impossible for you to do. If your flame starts to go out, get in the word, get in the word like that. I mean, that's it. And, And there's, I mean, sadly, there's a lot of people that would criticize that, that it isn't about the word. It isn't about the Bible. It isn't about a book to each their own, man. Like my flame should never go out. If I understand the word of God, that's it. That's it. Number two for me, know your weaknesses and get strong. Mm. The devil will always attack your greatest weakness. He comes when you're physically or spiritually weak. So find out what your weaknesses are. Ask around. You may have some blind spots. I promise (laughs) there may be areas in your life that you're blind to, but they're still there. Hmm. And they may be keeping you from experiencing the on fire life that God has for you. We all have weaknesses, and a lot of times we want to turn our back or turn our eye to those weaknesses and pretend that they're not there. The enemy will go after that thing, and we're called to stay strong. We're called to burn bright and be strong. I believe that Paul says that he boasted in his weaknesses. He didn't say, I want to stay weak in this area. Mm -hmm. He just recognized where his weaknesses were at. He was aware of where his weaknesses were at. First Peter 5, 8, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for who he can devour. Who's he going to devour, bro? Not the ones that are on fire. Mm. He's not going to devour the ones that have that flame burning bright, right? Mm-hmm. They will not be devoured. I don't plan on being devoured. Yeah, yeah. I don't expect Scott to be devoured by the enemy because that fire inside of him is burning. The ones that should be alert and be looking out and be aware and maybe be cautious are the ones that are allowing that flame to, to, to get dull. Mm. The ones that have surrounded themselves with people who don't give a crap about the flame inside. Mm -hmm. And they, that those weaknesses that the, the lack of fire inside of you has kept you from recognizing weaknesses in your life. And, and I think another sad, another sad thing is that there's a lot of churches now that magnify our weaknesses more than our strength. Mm -hmm. I want a strong church. And I believe that God desires a strong 
church. Jesus wants a strong body. So do I have some weaknesses? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Do I want to have my eyes on those things and know that God wants to strengthen those things? A hundred percent. So for me, knowing your weaknesses and getting strong is very important in keeping that flame alive. Cause I, I believe they coincide. My yeah. strength, my strength allows that flame to burn. That flame is my strength. I think of another story. I think of Jesus in the wilderness. He was weak and he was tired. And what happened? The devil came for that thing. He knew he was tired. What's he going for? He's going mm-hmm. for his physical body, right? Mm-hmm. He was looking for a, a weakness in his mind. He was looking for a weakness in his soul. He was looking for a weakness in his spirit. Why? Yeah. Because Jesus was. He was weak. That was a weakness. He was weak in body. He had been fasting 40 for days 40 days. Or water, man. His body was weak. And yeah, I think in all of our lives, we have those opportunities to look around. And I'm I'm not too I'm not too proud to ask the the people in my life that are closest in my life. Do you guys see anything in my life that you would consider a weakness? Are there, is there something that maybe I don't see that is keeping me from right. burning at full capacity for God? Right. And if you've got real friends and real brothers in your corner, I promise you, you will get some answers mm-hmm. for that mm-hmm. because we all have them and we shouldn't be afraid to ask. Right. So right. stay strong. Stay strong. What do you think about that? No, it's good, man. Um, cause I went to that story too in my head, uh, about, about Jesus being led into the wilderness for 40 days and, you know, um, without food and water. And yeah, I mean, and there's just so much revelation in that because immediately I think about, you know, what the devil went after with him. He challenged him with the word, you know, the devil tried yeah. to challenge the word with his own word, Yeah, you know, um, you know, does yeah, you know it's, a, it's, are it's, you really it's almost like God? the devil was checking to see if jesus remembered the word right 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 i know, I know you're weak right now maybe your mind's <laughs> not focused on the word right yeah, yeah which bounces back to the kind of the first the first point here like right. to read the word to understand to get in to understand the knowledge not with all with all knowledge get understanding you know and and without wisdom get understanding and and so i i think that that's crucial in our own life is to recognize our weaknesses and recognize places where Again, like you talked about, we can have those people that we trust praying into those places, praying, praying over us, prophesying over us, the things that they see that we may not see. Sometimes your blind spot isn't uh, a negative thing, so to speak. It's just something that others see in you that you don't see in yourself, and right. they, can, they can prophesy. That's why it's set up um, in Scripture in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, the edification of the church, because we need those voices. We need the voice of God spoken over us. And if, if somebody's catching a word for me and I'm in a season where I'm feeling pretty stinking weak, I need to hear something. And yeah. I can, I can't even count on both hands how many times that's had that's happened to me in my life where God has sent somebody reminding me of the promises, reminding me of the spoken word, reminding me of the scriptures from some random person where, you know, he showed up in my weakness. I think that's why Paul was able to say in my weakness, he is strong because he always shows up when we're in our weak spots and he That's always right. gives us a way to become stronger. That's okay. Right. Um, he is the source of our strength. He is the strength of our salvation. Like that's who he is. I mean, God doesn't, God's not a weak, weak God. 
he yeah. he he literally spoke the world into existence, framed the world by his words. That's not weak, you know. Yeah. Um, he became a servant. He became a servant, and he came to to serve, not to not to um, be served. But you know, when Jesus Christ resurrected, and when he comes back, he, you know, he's not coming back as the Lamb. He's coming back as the Lion of Judah. Yeah. Right. And that that's that's some power, man. And so, yeah, knowing your weaknesses and 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 knowing how to become strong in them, I think is is life in of itself too, bro. I mean, I'm a fitness guy. I look yep. at things in my body that I need to be strengthened, and I 100%. go after those things. That's right. I I work that may not be as strong as as uh, I want it to be, but I'm I'm breaking it down and putting it up so it can be. And that's so, right. and that's why I have I have zero desire to coddle myself or the people in my life and help them stay in their weakness. Let's just avoid that area. Cause I know that you don't like talking in public. I know you don't want to pray in front of people. So let's not, let's just avoid those. No, that's not what Paul was saying when he said, you know, where I'm weak, he is strong. He meant I I'm weak in areas and I'm still going for it because I know God's going to show up. Mm -hmm. I know mm -hmm. God's going to represent his power in my weakness. And mm -hmm. how do you know it's a weakness unless you go after it? <laughs> right, right, like, right. Unless you're willing to fail in an area, how do you know that God's not going to be there to to perform the way that He does? Absolutely, so, that's good. That's good. What do you got for number two? Pray. How to keep your flame alive? How to keep fanning your flame is is to pray. God, God put this on my heart about mm, probably a month or two ago, and I preached on it over in Greensburg, and these words resonated in my head, and I believe it was from the Lord. He said, if you're not praying, you're powerless. Mm -hmm. If you're not praying, you're powerless. I mean, your prayer, Jesus's prayer, the apostles prayer, the disciples prayer is their pipeline to God. I mean, it, it is. It's it's their um, it's an open ended conversation between me and the creator of the heavens and the earth. Like, why wouldn't I want to talk to him? Like, yeah. why wouldn't I want to receive power from him, you know, to be able to do the things that he's called me to do on this earth, to receive his power? and and so if you're not praying, you're powerless. You know, this this is your lifeline. Let's just say that. Like, this is your lifeline. I think Jesus to the Father is, we get this total understanding of, of an eternal connection that cannot be broken. That's another thing. Like, your connection with God in prayer, like, it can't be broken, you know? And, and that's where Jesus drew his source of strength in some of the tr most trying times in his life. The Bible says things like this. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places mm. to pray. Like he would get away from the crowds for a minute, done healing, done doing this. And he would get alone with God and he would just spend time with God in prayer. And I think that we have to get to that understanding of ourselves that if, if we're not praying, we're powerless. Prayer, prayer is actually mentioned over 650 times in the Bible and recording at least 25 times by Jesus. Um, and there's, there's different types of prayer. So we could talk about that. I mean, if we wanted to do one episode on this, we could, but just, just for example, I mean, there's a prayer of faith, right? There's, there's a prayer of, of agreement. There's a, pr a prayer of petition, prayer of thanksgiving, prayer of worship, prayer of consecration, prayer of intercession, prayer in the Holy ghost, you know, and that's something I wanted to touch on because the Lord really highlighted this to me last week when I was, when I was preaching is, I believe that more people need to learn how to pray in the spirit. Yep. They need to learn how to pray in tongues. They need to learn how, um, and, and I'll probably get some backlash on this. Well, brother, that gift's not for everybody. And huh. da, da, da. listen, why do you think Paul said things like this? I, I am glad that I pray in tongues more than all of you. Yep. 
I am glad that I speak in tongues more than all of you. Like there's a, there's, there's something, um, I, if I'm going to preach, doesn't matter if it's the two or 200 or whatever, I'm praying in tongues in the shower the morning before you, you better believe that. Like that's, I'm building up my spirit, man. I'm building up myself to a place to where I am one in complete unity with God. There's no distractions. Um, can't really go anywhere. If you're in the bathroom, you know, like you're, you're, you're vulnerable. You're like, that's just, that's just what I do. And, and, and so prayer is, is so important as believers. Like I know, like I ask people sometimes, bro, like they, they when they're having struggles with the same things over and over and over and, and they're wanting discipleship on it and they're wanting my help on it. I'm like, how much time are you spending just you and God? How much time are you spending talking to him? Well, you know, I pray at church on Sunday or I pray, I, I, I fall asleep praying. That's not what I ask. My meals how always much, how much, Yeah. <laughs> how much intentional time are you carving out of your day to pray? Because that lifeline is open at all hours of the night and all hours of the day. And if you're not taking advantage of that, then you're giving advantage somewhere else. Yeah. And so that's the first thing that I would say is, is how much time are you taking to pray? And, and I, I wrote a few notes on here that I just want to share on, on yeah. top of that. Um, so with the different types of prayer and thinking about Jesus's ministry and his connection with the father through prayer and like from him, even breaking bread, giving thanks, right? Like before the crucifixion, you know, he breaks the bread, he gives thanks to the father, knowing what's coming by the mm-hmm. way, like yeah. knowing what's coming and, and he's wanting to share this meal with the disciples. And so from even that prayer uh, to him writhing in distress, like groping the grass later on that night, knowing what's coming the next day, sweating drops of blood. He's still in constant communication with the father, no matter what he's feeling, whether he's high on the mountaintop from a great experience where the, the dove descends upon him, you know, from, from the sky or whether it's he's writhing in pain, knowing this crucifixion is, is rapidly approaching him. He never loses communication with the father. And that's why he was able to um, perfect this ministry. That's why he was able to perfect his ministry with his 33 years on earth is because he never lost connection with the father. And so his strength from the Lord came through his prayers. It came through his when when that night before, when he's in the Garden of Gethsemane and he's praying and he's writhing and he's groping the grass and drops to blood are coming. It says something to the effect that the father sent. like what what does it say um well i know i know i know for a fact when we were talking about earlier with the 40-day wilderness it says that he sent um, angels to minister to him yeah at the end of that journey and i need to go back and reread the gar- garden scene but i'm i'm i feel like somewhere somewhere in there he said um he sent an angel or someone just to let him know you know yeah you're, you're on the right path although he's god but anyway read that yeah. for yourself no that's good. um and he w- he was adamant. About, I mean, he would say things like, "When you know, when you get, I'm paraphrasing, like when you get lost in translation, when you don't know what to say, say pray, pray like this, our mm-hmm. Father." He gave them a model prayer, right? And so, if I were to quote like everywhere in Scripture where prayer is 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 needed or or highlighted, dude, we'd we'd be here all night. But um, I think at large, we need to understand the importance of of not losing that divine connection with the Father, and you know, um, just to kind of to, to end this little portion on my end, I know it was a long one, but in Romans 8, 8, 26 through 27, it, it says that in the same way, the spirit helps us in our weakness. So you just talked about weakness, right? Yeah. This is on the next one. We didn't That's share right. notes. That's right. 
uh, in our weakness, we do not know what to pray for, but the spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Yes. So even when you don't know, I mean, you don't have to come to God with some eloquent, Hey, I wrote this prayer out for you. If you do awesome, that's cool. But when you're flat on your back and you have nowhere else to go and you've got a bad report of the doctor or your, your right. children are acting funny or your whatever, like you have this source in Christ to go to in all circumstances. And it's an open line of communication at all hours of the day. So if you're not praying, you're powerless. We'll end with that again. I love, I love that picture of Jesus um, often going away. There's the many of the the sermons that he gave it says that they were getting ready to go to the other side of the lake or whatever like basically on to the next right on to the next mm-hmm. sermon the next town and he sends them on the, he sends the disciples on their way and he goes up to pray right and i think of those moments because i've seen those we have to picture what that was like what kind mm-hmm. of sermon that was oh what kind of a service that was I got a feeling it was long. I got a feeling it was, I mean, we, we know from reading there was four to 5,000 men. So you're looking mm-hmm. at 15, 20,000 people, mm. right? On the side of this hill for acoustics, right? Mm. And he he gives it all. He spins out all of his energy giving this message. There's no microphone. There's no speakers. He's yelling this gospel message. Yeah. Picture that I've, I've seen you preach for a lengthy amount of time and you spend a lot of energy. I've been to many powerful preaching services where it's two to three hours and they're spent, right? Mm -hmm. They give it all. Mm -hmm. And all, all you want to do is go lay down Mm -hmm. or go chill in the back room or go, you know, Get along, break it off <laughs> with your buddies and just, you know, have just basically get out of ministry mode. Yeah. Right? yeah. Cause ministry is for us humans, it is work and it is effort sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it I was pictured an effort for Jesus. I picture Jesus. I gotta believe it was three, four, five hour sermons where he's mm-hmm. yelling and spending mm-hmm. it all and not just preaching, but then laying hands on everybody, mm-hmm. healing the sick like ministering to 20,000 people mm. until they're done. And the disciples are like, let's go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And Jesus says, you know what? That's a good point. Why don't you guys go? Yeah. And he goes and he continues. He doesn't, I don't believe he goes and naps, you know, he he's goes praying. and ministers to the he's, heart of the father. He's keeping his flame alive. Yes. That's what he's, yes. he's not allowing the flame to go out. Yeah. Through natural circumstances and natural, th- the natural thing is let's go watch a movie and chill with the boys. And yeah. That was hard work. Wasn't it? Let's go rest yeah. up for tomorrow's service. That's the natural thing where that flame goes like this. Mm-hmm. It goes up and down and up mm-hmm. and down and it's there burning when I need it. And it's down when I don't, Jesus kept his flame burning all the time. And yeah. that's, that's a great example of how he did that. I'm going to yeah. go pray. Yeah. I'm going to go pray with the father. (laughs) And I want to add to something. I was, I was onto this and I I had to look it up because I was driving me crazy. I'm like, God sent an angel to minister him in the garden. I know he did. 
So an angel came from heaven to strengthen him. During his agony, as he prayed, his sweat was if it were great drops of blood falling to the ground. And so, yeah, like even in his weakness, God sent this angel to minister yeah. to him and to keep him in his, in his, uh, keep that flame going. And like, you're almost there, you know? And so I think he does that with us, like you said, but I think that happens more when we're obedient to go get alone with him, dude. Right. Like yeah. that flame is able to grow and to keep and to keep burning and to keep fueling if we are able to get alone with the Lord so that it may. So yeah, that good. was a long one, man. That that's was good. a long one. That's good. No, that's good. Number three for me. And this goes along with your getting the word. It's simply keep learning. Let's go. Keep learning. As we grow in understanding of God's word, we inevitably grow in our passion for him. When I grow in my understanding of God's word, I grow in passion for him. Learning more about his character and his heart and his purpose for me is like throwing fuel onto the fire. Mm. When I learn about how much he loves me, when I learn about his heart and his character and the purpose that he's given me, we talked, I talked earlier about how this flame is for my purpose. Yeah. My flame is for my purpose. When I learn more about that purpose, oh, that's your purpose for me. Mm. Time to get fueled up. Time to get yeah. that flame going, right? Because I know that I need it. Because your purpose, my purpose, everybody's true purpose is so much bigger than you think it is. Mm -hmm. And it 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 needs such a bigger fire than you think it does. Yeah. That I can't afford to let that thing go out by not knowing God's word, not yeah. knowing who he is and what he says on a regular basis. And there's times that as Christians, we think we've arrived and we think we've got all that we need for the next sermon or the next ministry opportunity, and we lose that desire to learn. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of times in this church world, Christian world right now, with people leaving the church, they don't need a pastor, they don't need the four walls, they don't need the the school, right? The, the, they don't need the, the school that is the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. <laughs> My pastor, uh, Devin Leichner, gave a message the other day about uh, the church being like a one-room schoolhouse where like the, oh, yeah, I caught that. the older, yeah. the mature are in the room to help build up the younger ones. And that's a, a beautiful picture of what the church mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. But man, if you, if you don't have that in your life, if you don't experience like uh, a healthy church like that, it's easy to not have a desire to learn anymore. You know, I got sure. burnt by, by a pastor. I, all the teachers in my lives are kind of jerks. And, you know, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to learn from anybody else. I actually know enough to get by. I want to keep learning. I, I, I want to always have a desire to learn. Second yeah. Timothy three, 16 through 17, all scripture, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness, mm -hmm. that the man of God may be complete, fully equipped for every good work. That flame inside of it, that internal flame is there for me to do good work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So for me to know the word and to, to, to study the scripture that is given by inspiration of God is, is me desiring to be fully equipped for the work that he's called me to do. Amen. What do you think about that? 
So it's never stop learning, but you, 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 you prefaced it with how, how did you have it wrote down? Uh, keep learning. Keep learning. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Dude. So disciple, that's a disciple. Disciple yeah, means exactly right. yeah. devoted learner. I'm, I'm going to follow this teacher around. Yep. That's what it means, right? Like good. devoted learner. I am devoted to this teaching, to this correction, to this rebuking, because it's all God breathed. I'm devoted to that. I, I'm devoted Dude, to this man that's, that's up here so preaching. Good. I'm devoted to his family, to, devoted to pray for them, that's devoted so to pray for my pastor, devoted to pray for my elders, devo- devoted to pray for the sheep among the flock. Like, you're going to trip word, out when you see mine. <laughs> that word disciple, we all, we talk about discipleship, right? Mm-hmm. And I've heard it before. The church, what we, what we lack is real discipleship. We lack discipleship. And what that means is we've stopped discipling people, Yeah. right? Yeah. So when we say that, or when, when, at least when I've heard that, it's always been like the people in the church have stopped discipling people. Mm-hmm. What I, what, now, based off what you just said, we've stopped being disciples. Yeah. We stopped being devoted learners. We stopped learning what discipleship looks like because we're yep. not following the teacher anymore. Yep. Yeah, Come that's on. good. Come that's on. That's so good. We've created our own educational value. That's right. And it's it's just, it's not going to work. It's not the plumb line. The word that's is right. the plumb line. Go back to one. The word that's is good. the plumb line. And so I have no problem being devoted to that. Yep. I have no problem being devoted to brothers like you who are in the faith and are I know are not just talking, but they're doing. That's good. They're not just hearing and talking. They're being doers of the word. And I have yep. no problem being devoted my entire life to praying for those people yep. to encouraging those people. Like that's what we're supposed to do. That's what it looks like. I don't care if you're two miles away or 200, you yep. can be a disciple. You know how many people I disciple on messenger, bro. Yeah. that just haven't gotten to that place in their mind where they, they do need the Ecclesia, but I'm, yeah. I'm working on that. I'm yep. showing them and I'll, I'll say it in a minute on my three. Cause it's, it's funny yeah. how we're, yeah. they align. Good. Um, but I'm lovingly teaching them like, yeah, you do need community, bro in the yep. right community, because that's guess right. what? You've been living in the wrong one. That's right. So let me show you what the right one looks like. And, and so for with that, scares. that's, that's a purpose that you have. That's part of the gift that was given to you. That's part of your flame is mm-hmm. to disciple people like that, right? Mm-hmm. God's put those people in your life. You could not do that if unless you were following the teacher. That's exactly right. <laughs> it that's doesn't right. happen. And you shouldn't be. And no. if I saw you doing it, if I saw you trying to do that, I'd be saying, yo, bro, this is this is falling on deaf ears because I know you're not doing what you're not, what you're supposed to be doing. Right. People can throw a fit at that all they want, but yeah. that's what brotherhood looks like. That's what discipleship looks like. You and I, bro, are following the same teacher. Yes, we're in the yes. same classroom. Yes, we're on the same path, walking behind him. Yes, like those disciples. You yes. think Peter didn't have the right to James? Wake up, bro. Listen to this. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is yeah. good stuff. Pay yeah. attention. That's good. Yeah, That's good. it's probably it's probably the other way around. Peter, wake up. <laughs> okay, what do you got for number three, bro? This is crazy, man. I knew this was gonna happen. Like, so yours is basically be devoted to learning. I mean, yeah. So mine, yeah. mine is because you went off on this for a moment, and this this is awesome. Number three, do not neglect fellowship. It's good. Find your tribe. Okay, find your tribe. Find the people that you can grow in 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 community with Jesus. Not some random teaching from I don't know where. Follow the word of God, follow the plumb line, but do not neglect fellowship. Hebrews 10 25 says, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some get into the habit of doing. This is what we see. I mean, it's yep. right here. Right. But encourage one another, especially, and I believe this is where we're at too, 
now that the day of his return is is drawing near. So being devoted to learning in what environment? Well, the environment of the Ecclesia, you better be devoted in learning in the place where the word of God is being spoken and preached and not just preached to get a 30 minute sermon in, but preached in power and demonstration. Yes. That's the word of God, like where it is being preached in power and demonstration. And that is not excluding the miraculous, the healing, the, but okay, I'm, I'm trying to put this. So devoted in learning the the teachings of Jesus, but also devoted in learning the discipleship, like we just talked about. Like that's important as we're following Christ, we're, we're we're discipling and making more Christians. So that's how the gospel was set up so that this thing would Good. last throughout all eternity, right? And so there's a few notes that I put to this. Um I've heard this. I've heard this with people in my own family, right? I don't, I don't need to go to church. I don't need to go to a church to know God. Okay. Well, I would say two parts. Yeah, you're right. You don't need to go to church to know God, but you're neglecting (laughs) one of the most basic (laughs) principles of being a believer. That's right. (laughs) You're literally saying, ah, yeah, I'm good over here. Watch the 700 club at 839 on Sundays. I, I don't, I, I did that last night. I caught the service last night on TV. <laughs> Appreciate you, but I just really don't need to go in this building with a bunch of people that I don't know. And well, yeah. there's a reason you don't know them because right. you haven't been there long enough That's to right. get to know them. And those people, some of those people that you're neglecting fellowship with have a word for you from the Lord. And you're probably missing it because you're sitting at home on your couch. Or you're hungover or you're whatever. I would listen, I'm not throwing stones. I was that guy, right? Like I fully was that guy for a while. And God convicted me in such a way to show me, get your booty up, go find people you can grow with. I've had them set out for you. I'm just asking you to go find them. I may not bring them to your door. Yeah. You know, I may not bring them to you, but you're going to have to go find them. And so I've noticed this trend that people claim to know Jesus, but have secluded themselves from his people. (laughs) Let me say that again. I've noticed this trend that so many people have claimed to know Jesus, but have secluded themselves from his people. Remember when Paul was on the road to Damascus to go persecute and torture more Christians, and he was knocked off his horse, and and, um, he was knocked on his booty? And uh, there was a bright light shining and Jesus basically shows up in all his glory and says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute? Who does he say? Me. Me. So so when you're neglecting fellowship with his church, you're essentially neglecting fellowship with him. I'm just going to say it. That's, you know, he he cares about his bride. Okay. It's good. I think that we've spent enough time trying to give her black eyes. Like he cares deeply about his ecclesia, his saints and his people. Like we're going to find out one day just how much he cares about them. Yeah. Like I believe we're seeing bits of it now, um, but I believe that there's a day coming. Where we're going to see it in its entirety. And it's going to be really good for some and not so good for others. But it's dangerous to me when you seclude yourself from the fellowship of the saints when you neglect fellowship because you become susceptible and vulnerable to the enemy and his attacks when you're walking alone. Okay. I would much, Jesus didn't say, Hey, uh, Peter, I need you to go this way. You know? Yeah. Obviously different places on different seasons, but what he said is sent them out two by two. Right. 
And right. he sent them out by 70, right? He sent the 70. He sent all these men and women out to go make disciples because he knew that they wouldn't be able to do it alone. There's one, there, there's no, what, what did Dirk used to tell me? No man is an island, bro. Yeah. No one man is an island. And, and I have had to fight that battle because there's a lot of places in my life where I like to do things alone. I just do. But God has showed me over the, the over the years in ministry, like Scott, you, to keep your fan, your fame, your, to keep your fire and that, and that flame fan, you're going to, you need people. Yep. You just do. You yep. need people to encourage you. You need people to lift you up. You need people to pray for you. You need people to intercess for you, prophesy for you, prophesy over you. And so it's a dangerous trend when you're walking alone. So you said this earlier, and I think it's crazy that this is, it's in the same line that, I, that I'm going to say this next one. Teaching, correcting, rebuking all comes from the word in which is absolutely necessary for growing, right? Yep. It's absolutely necessary for growing. So, and if you're not receiving in fellowship, you have already set yourself up for failure. Because mm. let's just be honest, bro. Okay. Let's just be honest for a moment. We're not always, all the time, every second of every day, 24 hours a day, in an attitude of, oh, I can't wait to dig into the word right, right. now. I just can't wait to get in there, get a revelation from God. But guess what happens when you go to fellowship on Sunday or Saturday or whenever you do it? There is a yearning inside of you to sit with these people and be devoted to the teaching and be devoted to learn what's being taught. It, it's just natural, right? Yep. Yep. Like you want to learn when you're around other people that are learning. Feeling somebody it, else's heat from their yes. face. That's right. You're less likely to do that when you're consistently neglecting fellowship of the people that are put in your life that God probably put there to help you grow. That's right. And when you neglect that, that flame starts to dwindle. And That's then, right. or, or you become really puffed up and really haughty and you think you know everything. I don't have to go to church because I do my own study and I don't need the people and I don't need the saints. It's just a bunch of imperfect people. How many times have you heard that? That's you right. know, well, like, okay. But we're all we're all chasing a perfect God and we're all believing for the same things. And if you would just just all, all I'm asking you to do at this point is, is stick your toes in the water. Yeah. Test it out. It's good. Go see. Go see how good it really can be when you when you don't neglect the fellowship of the saints, as some are in the habit of doing. Man, And, and it's I've seen this. You've seen this. Yep. It's it's yep. dangerous. And it's it's it's. And there's a reason he said it like that, as some have a habit of doing. For one, he's saying there's a habit of doing that. Like it, it becomes a habit when you seclude yourself from people, mm -hmm. when you leave the body and, and no longer want to be a part of it, it becomes a habit. It's habit forming. That works the other way too, right? Because we talked about that self-discipline. We talked about... um the things that we need to do. It, it takes work both ways, but you can mm -hmm. form habits both ways. It's, I was talking to a brother the other day and I, I love him. Um, so I'm not in any way bagging him. It was a great conversation, but he is currently not a part of a church. Mm -hmm. Great Christian dude, amazing Christian dude, not a part of a church, but he's been meeting with a pastor or seeking pastors that he could meet with for some pastoral care right and i called him out and i said bro seems like you want the pastoral care without a pastor mm. seems like you want what the church has to offer but you don't want to be a part of the church yeah. seems like you claim to want to be a part of the head but you reject the body yeah doesn't make sense 
and it woke his butt up and he was like, you know what? You're right. I said, dude, I want pastoral care. We all need it. Like that's why the, that's why the gift has been given to us is because we need that. God knew that the body of Christ would need certain things. So he put certain people in place, right. To be that thing. So many people want what a healthy church produces, but they don't want to be a part of making that church healthy. Toiling. That's and, right. and making furrows and and, right. and planting seeds and and doing the doing the hard work, man. That's like right. making making tilling the to, tilling the soil. That's right. I I get it, man, and I and I do get it. Like I totally get it. We've we've all been hurt. Okay, every single person that's ever been involved in ministry has been hurt. And if you say you haven't, yeah, I don't know if I believe you. But but the thing is, is 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 we're constantly learning, man. That's why it's important to be devoted to learning. That's right. To be devoted to one another. That's what Paul speaks about in so many letters to the churches. Be to be devoted to one another. Be be one in spirit. Yeah. You yep. know, and who that's that's a good one, man. And we could go on all day. I that's know good. that there's there's so much. There's two more we gotta we gotta tackle. So well, maybe we my, keep shockingly, my next one is pretty much what that one was. So it's uh. <laughs> Number four, get around people who are burning for God and Let's his go. kingdom. Let's go. There is power in agreement. Finding people that are burning for the same thing that you are just makes it easier to help keep the flames alive in your mm-hmm. circle of influence. Mm-hmm. Stoke each other's fires. Mm-hmm. Is it possible to do it on your own? I would say it's possible. It's very possible. You laid out a verse I consider to kind of be a commandment, you know, Yeah. don't forsake this, meaning keep doing this. Like it's a commandment. You must do this. So yeah, it's possible to do things and, and not experience the fullness. It's possible to do things. A hundred percent. I want everything that God has for me. Yeah. That's the, that really is the bottom line. Mm -hmm. I want every relationship that he has for me. I want every discipleship opportunity that he has for me. Mm-hmm. I want every learning moment that he has for me from somebody who's been, who's seasoned in the faith and that mm-hmm. I've, you know, neglected going to church and being a part of these men's meetings or being a part of these, you know, different ministries that are in place to get the body together. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you're, if you're going to continue to refuse to be a part of that, you're you're going to miss out. Can you survive? 100%. Can you get by? Probably so. I want the best and I want everything that God has for me. And I just know that the church is not singular. The church is plural. Amen. Church is not singular. So when people say, I'm the church. No, you're not. (laughs) We're the church. We're the church. You aren't the church by yourself. You're right. not, the church is right here. No, the church is right here. Like, yeah. We yeah. are the church. So without me, the church is missing out on something. Mm-hmm. Without Scott Tilly, the church, the church is missing out on something. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's really all I'm going to say more about that. It's kind of goes right, right along with what we've been talking about, but yeah. get around people who are burning for God. This sounds so simple, bro. Yeah. Get around people who are burning for God in his kingdom. Where's the best place? What's the, the best bet? of being around Christians is at church. Is at church, yeah. That's the best yeah. bet. Yeah. Yeah. If I was yeah. going to put my money on something, mm-hmm. you're probably going to find, <laughs> ratio-wise, more Christians at church than anywhere else. Yeah. 
Am yeah. I saying that every church is full of on fire Christians? No, I'm not. No, no. But for the money, put your money on the fact. It's You'll like run I, into a couple of. It's like I told my I tell my dad all the time. He wants a godly woman, but he won't go to church. I'm like, well, you're not going to meet him <laughs> anywhere else, bro. Like, <laughs> love you, dad. But <laughs> people are like that, though, right? They want all this Christian influence in their life, but they want to avoid Christian people. And it, yeah, we all know where the Christians are at on Sunday for mornings. sure. We all know for sure. For sure. Uh, let's do your number four. Yeah, yeah, my number four. Okay. So it backs up. I think it backs up your number two. What was your number two? My number two was know your weaknesses and get strong. What was number one? Stop comparing yourself to other people. Okay. So my number four is don't expect everyone to understand what God has called you to. It's mm, good. Okay. Don't expect everyone to understand what God has called you to. Galatians 1.10 says this, For am I seeking the favor of men or of God, or am I striving to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. Those are some pretty strong words from the Apostle Paul to the Church of Galatia. Yeah, He's saying, look, I don't give a hoot what they're saying about me. I don't give a hoot how many times I end up in prison. I'm doing this for God so he can get his glory. Doesn't matter if they're in line with it or not. This is what he's called me to do. And not everyone is going to understand your anointing. Not everyone. Okay. And I'll, and I'll, and I'll say these two words in response to that statement that not everyone's going to understand your anointing. I'll, I'll stop that. And then I'll start again with these two words. Who cares? (laughs) It's good. Who are you doing it for? That's good. Who are you doing what you've been called to do by the maker of heaven and earth? Who are you doing it for? Are you doing it for the applause and for the appeal of men? Or are you doing it for an audience of one? Are you doing it for Jesus? Are you doing it for his glory? Because at the end of the day, if you can honestly answer that and say, I had a pretty good day today at work. I did everything that I remember to do in the glory of God. Then you should be laying your head on that pillow and you should be sleeping very soundly Mm -hmm. next to your wife. And, and again, with that, I loved my family with every ounce of energy I had today. I worked hard for them. I put in a good day's work. We prayed together. We read the Bible together. We prayed for one another. I'm good. And I probably sleep very well. If you ask my wife, <laughs> she says, when your head hits that pillow, babe, you're done. And it's because I, I do, I pour all out, man. If I'm doing something, I'm doing it. And I want to make sure what I'm doing is for the appeal of God, not men. There are so many people perverting the gospel right now. And I'll just run into this for a moment. Um, At this very second, the preachings that I've seen, just scrolling TikTok or whatever, like it's amazing to me how fast uh, filth can can get Mm. out. Right. Yeah. Um, But the one thing that I see is that there's a powerless gospel being preached. It's not transforming lives. lives. It's not transforming lives. Yep. And it's because these people are seeking the approval of men. They're seeking the approval of those people that they're preaching the message to. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't grow in favor and in stature with God and with man, but preaching the gospel is what will grow you in stature with God and with man. In, yep. some, in some cases, in some cases, it'll get you killed. But when when we're preaching the word of God, we must remember that it is powerful, that it is 
And that's what our strive is for, to see God's power displayed on earth to transform lives. If I say that I know Jesus, if I say I know Jesus and I met Jesus one night when Darren was at preaching at this place 12 years ago, and I came in line with God's design and I, and I repented of my sins and I, and I be, began to believe in Christ's word for my life, but my life looks no different that day than it does today. Yeah. Something's amiss right? It's good. And, and so here's what I want to say, and I won't stay on this very much longer, but not everybody's going to understand what God has called you to. Who cares? Do it anyway. Yeah. Do what he's called you to do anyway. The world can have its handmade kingdoms. We'll take uh-huh. the kingdom of God. Uh-huh. He's our stability. Who, who is your stability at the end of the day? I mean, at the end of the day, yeah. where can you, like you said, where can you put your money? Yep. Who, who's going to be there for you at the end of the day? God, right? You could receive a call tomorrow from Safety Clean saying, Darren, we appreciate your services, man, but we're downsizing and you got to go. Yep. You know, you, you can't say that's your stability. That's you right. can't say this is, this is my constant paycheck. This is my stability. There's somebody who gave you the ability to go make that money, right. to go make that and make that money work. That's right. Right. And so that's not your stability. Like your stability belongs to Jesus. And if you're and if you're striving in that atmosphere to continue to please people, then you're going to be very, very lonely at the end of the day because there's no fulfillment in it. Wow. There's just no fulfillment in it, right? God is our stability, not this other stuff um, that's here today and gone tomorrow, right? I mean, we appeal to the man of Christ, not the men of this world. And so don't expect everyone to understand that. I guess that was just kind of my encouragement is I think most of the time, if your ministry is thriving, your social status may not be it's good. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so anyway, I mean, some do, some really yeah. love it when the words preached. some really love it. And I, we all love the amens and we all love the hallelujahs. And I don't think that that's a bad thing. I will never shut somebody off in the middle of a service if I'm preaching and somebody's feeling the spirit of God move in the room and they want to, you know, I will never shut anybody off like for an amen, but just know that it's bouncing off of me and, and it's returning to where it belongs. And so, yeah, don't, don't ever expect everyone to understand what God has called you to. So good. Ultimately to me, all I heard and all of that was Romans 116. Like that's literally, I'm not ashamed of the good news about Christ. It's on the wrist. It is the power of God at work, mm. right? It's mm. the power of God. I'm not ashamed of it. There's a form of shame in caring what other people think as opposed to what God thinks. Yes. It must not mean as much to me as I say it does if I'm more concerned about what you think as opposed to what God thinks. Yes. And uh, that's good. I, mm. I, I want to live a life that's more unashamed than it was last year Amen. it's more unashamed than it was the year before that it's more Amen. unashamed and i i hope the people in my life can can look at that and say man i just see that you're growing in that way like you're less ashamed because that word we don't like saying that word i'm not embarrassed of jesus mm-hmm. well, really <laughs> you're more concerned with what that person thinks than what god thinks. right right you're more concerned about what that book says than what that book says yes you know yeah but they told me that if i get so many 
what's that book say? <laughs> what's yeah. the Bible say? I mean, that's, there's, there's a form of, I don't believe it. Right. Mm-hmm. But it mm-hmm. is the power saving everybody who believes. Bro, there was a conversation opened up at work to yesterday uh, on where we're all on the same Skype in my work. And uh, one of the, one of the people had posted what's paganism just came out of nowhere. And mm. I'm like, Oh yes, I was excited. Yes. I was like, I was like, yes, you know? And so I, I expounded on it on what that is. And I was like, but you only need to worry about one God and that's Yahweh. So good. And so it opened up this whole dialogue, dude. And it was so beautiful. Like it was just, I, yeah. I can't go into it, but it was so, so good. good, but a shame, you know, I could have shrunk back and been like, answered that question and been like, but I felt this <laughs> spurring in me, you know, like, like, yeah, there, paganism is a cult you know, a cult practice of many different gods. You, you can have, you know, whatever you want. And I'm like, and immediately my mind went to Acts 17 where Paul walks into Athens and he sees all these Greek gods and he gets the statue that says the unknown God. And yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's the Lord's humor. Like every time I read that, I start laughing. I'm yeah. like, cause Paul's looking at this and he's like, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but he's looking at the statue. He's like, I can tell you who that is. <laughs> you know, I see, I see that you're a religious people and you, and you have many different thoughts and ideas and, you know, Socrates had been there by this time and yeah. these other, and he's like, I can tell that, you know, you got this God of fertility over here. He's like, I can actually tell you who that one is. And That's so, so I just, anyway, it, it took me to that about, and I, and I just kind of said, look, man, there's only one God you need to know about and his name's Yahweh. Like, that's just how I left it. Yeah. Like, and she's like, I don't know what that means. I said, well, go Google. My seeds planted. Increase is not my responsibility. <laughs> that's, right. that's so good. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. That's so good. Yes, that's yes. good. That's good. Number five for me. Eliminate distractions. Let's go. Mm. This is kind of like the comparison one, comparison one a little bit, where like, the more you focus on things other than what God's given to you, the more susceptible your torch is to burnout. But Matthew 20, 10, I've, I've, I've preached this message before and I, I love, I feel like the God's uh, given me even more oomph about this in the, in Matthew six, Matthew six twenty two says, if your eye is good, some translations say, if your eye is healthy, some translations, I think it's King James Version, says if your eye is single, and I love that. Yeah. If your eye is single, your whole body is filled with light. Come on. And that's why it says a few verses later in Matthew 6, 33, to seek first his mm-hmm. kingdom and his righteousness. Mm-hmm. Single that vision. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Because it's talking about not worrying. It's talking about don't worry about this and don't worry about that. And don't worry about this. All these distractions that we have in our life. And he says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Basically make your vision single and all these other things will be added to you. I'll take care of everything else. If you focus on my kingdom and my righteousness, everything else will be taken care of for you. If we are able to eliminate our distractions, mm. seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And then in Colossians 3, 2, it says to set your mind on things above. He's mm. telling you where to put your mind, where to put your attention, mm-hmm. where to put your vision on things above. We're called to keep our emotions in check. Yeah. 
That's also why God tells us in his word to capture our thoughts, to set our minds, to guard our hearts, all three of those areas. He's telling us what to do. Capture your thoughts and what? Make them submissive to Christ. Make them make them submissive to one. Mm. Right? To set our minds on one. To That's guard cool. our hearts and 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 allow our hearts to only burn for one. Everything else will be added. If we're able to eliminate our distractions, I truly believe that we will experience a flame that burns hotter and hotter and hotter as our as our vision becomes singular we will see that flame rare up in our lives. Come on. Yeah, man. I That's so good. Think about the singular, just keeping your eyes fixated on the single thing. Like, you know, when you're completely sold out for one thing and you're eliminating all your distractions, you're going to get that one thing. I don't care if you're going, if your goal in life is to, I want to make $2 million by the time I'm 25. Guess you what? <laughs> you can do it. You yep. can absolutely do it. Because if you fixate on that one thing, you're going to have opportunity to do it. And you're going to have opportunities that others miss because they're too fixated on other things. That's right. And that's, that's again, the blessings of God, I feel like, in seeking the kingdom. You receive so many more blessings by keeping your eye fixated and single on God's kingdom because everything that you're going to need, he's already going to provide for you anyway. And you're not held down by the weight of what if That's right. or what we talk about, FOMO, fear of missing out. Yep. You're not held down by that weight because you're so exonerated in, in, in the journey that you're on with Jesus that really yep. nothing else matters. You That's know, you've narrowed your focus. That's so good what you said. He was going to give us those things anyway. Like everything that I need to get where he wants me to go, he already has planned on giving it to me. May not be right now, maybe down the road a little bit. But if I'm focused on those little things, I'm taking my eyes off the prize. Yeah. And I'm never going to experience them because I want them now instead of whenever God has them for me. So it's like all of these things I believe that we've talked about ultimately go to that. Mm-hmm. Stay fixed on this one thing. We're talking about the flame inside of us, that mm-hmm. internal flame that burns. Focus on that. Mm-hmm. If I can focus on my flame and not allow other distractions to keep my attention away from that thing, God will give me everything I need mm-hmm. to to reach every single goal that he has for me. We live oh. glory to glory, right? Faith to faith. In order for me to get to the next glory, in order for me to get to the next faith, I've got to stay fixed on him and his kingdom mm-hmm. and I'll get there. <laughs> that's yeah. kind of, that's yeah. kind of it because I'm not going to go there by myself. He's going to take me there. Yeah. I don't even want to go there if he can't take me there. Right. It's I don't right. want to have it. If he can't it. give it to me, I don't want it. And I so, don't want what's not for me. That's right. I don't right. want what's not for me. You yeah. know, I, I want and if it's for me, me I'm going to have it. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. It's already mine. Yes. It's, I by mean, that, faith, that verse, it's yeah. already mine by faith. That's Ooh. right. That's so seek good. First. Seek first. But you notice how it says seek first. Don't, don't, you know, don't run off on your own plan. Mm-hmm. Seek first. You yep. seek that first. And then everything that you need is going to be, it's already, we talked, it's already yours. That's right. It's already, it's already given to us. That's so good, man. That's good. Number five for you. Whoo, we're already on number five. This one, I think, keeps this this flame fanned 
after all those other things that we talked about. I think it just it just kind of keeps at um, place without giving the word away. It keeps in place um, all the things that God has given us. If we again, if we're fixated on Him, if our eyes are fixated on His kingdom, and 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 not worried about these distractions. But what I have for number five is never ever give away your peace. Mm. Do not give your peace away. Your peace was paid for by a price, with a price, rather. It was paid for with a price. Jesus Christ went to the cross so that he could be the peace that surpasses all understanding for you. And when we give our peace away, our flame gets dwindled. I'm not saying don't sacrifice. I'm not saying um, don't be committed to labor with people. I'm saying when you give your peace away and when you cast your pearls before swine, you can guarantee that flame is going to dwindle. Sooner or later, you're going to get burnout, what they call burnout, right? Good. And I've heard that from when I started ministry because I was, you know, I've always been a head first guy. Let's just run into the flames. Let's just see what happens. People would tell me, dude, you need to chill. You're going to experience burnout. Uh, you need to. And I would like, I would rebuke that. I'm like, what? I have this fire that, first of all, doesn't do belong not. to me. That's right. God gave it to me. That's right. It's not even my fire. It's his. He's using it. How do I have time to burn out? You know, like if I'm fulfilling what he's called me to do, then I am going to be fulfilled because I'm going to be more thirsty and more hungry for his righteousness. And he's just going to give it to me. He's going to right. fill me. So look. Paul, that's why Paul was able to say things like this. Um, I have poured myself out like a drink offering. Okay. He didn't quit. He poured himself completely out because his flame was completely eternally lit and on fire so for the gospel of Christ. And we can have that. So that's good. one of the things that, that I, that I was thinking about in writing this one down was Matthew 10, 14. Okay. This, this scripture is, is power, right? It says, and whosoever shall not receive you or hear your words, when you depart at that house or at that city, shake the dust off your feet. Yep. So, so many people go minister to places and they're not well received. And so they just leave their peace there. And then they go back home wondering, did I do the right thing? Did I say the right thing? Did I do that? And the next thing you know, you mm. have all these distractions, these That's other good. voices in your head dragging you down putting water, pouring water on your flame. And next thing you know, you're burnt out and then you go on a five year sabbatical and you never return to the ministry so. again. And so you have to, you have to dude. your, your peace is valuable, bro. You have to protect that peace, right? So your peace is so, so, so valuable. And it was paid for by Jesus's blood. One of the things that I realized in my, in my early years of ministry is, um, I was always quick to give my peace away. Just was. I would engage in every argument and every conversation yeah. that I didn't even need to be in. And I would put my piece on a silver platter and say, here you go, atheist on Facebook. You can have my piece. It does, doesn't mean anything to you to me. Maybe, maybe you can do something with it. Yeah. Right. And it, it's what I and I noticed it was all these places where I wasn't well received. Yeah. And I would be like, oh, man, I would I just want people to like <laughs> me. I just want people to to, you know, to like what I have to offer. And, and it's because. It's because I didn't I didn't drop the seed and shake the dust off my feet where I wasn't received. I did not take my peace with me when I left that place. So good. And I'm going to tell you right now, D, I live life a little more differently now than I did 
10 years ago. Yeah. Planting and watering may be my responsibility, but increase is not. So good. That's so good. I love the, I love the knock your dust off stuff too. Cause he, he's literally saying, don't take any of that experience with you. Mm. Any, any of this experience, I want you to leave that right there. And I want you to come back with what you went with, right? Which was peace, which was love, which was joy, which was fire. Yeah. I sure hope we're not going into those places without a flame. Mm. If we're doing that, we're doing it under our own power. Stay home. I need the flame of God. Yeah. In the places that I go. Right. Yeah. So he's, he's literally saying, knock that dust off mm. that, that no, that, that, uh, that distraction that you experienced, that, that, um, sadness that you experienced, that turnaround that you experienced, knock that off. That's not yours. And don't bring it back with you. Mm-hmm. Leave it there. It's now their problem. Yeah. <laughs> Cause they've been presented with the truth. That's right. That's right. <laughs> no, that's so good, man. Mm. That is so good. This is really good. I wrote down all these things cause I want to put, um, each one of these in the show notes and yeah. in my, my blog post for this, I'm going to put down, uh, all of them and I wrote them all down. So I'm going to go through them real quick. I'm going to go through each, each 10, just the kind of the headlines of them. Mm-hmm. Number one, stop comparing yourself to other people. Number two, read the word. Number three, know your weaknesses and get strong. Number four, pray. Number five, keep learning. Number Mm. six, do not neglect fellowship. Find your tribe. Number seven, get around people who are burning for God and his kingdom. Those two are similar, and that's awesome. Those are back to that. Number eight, don't expect everyone else to understand what God has called you to do. Number nine, eliminate distractions. And number 10, never, ever give away your peace. Mm. These are tips, keys, uh, disciplines to keep the flame alive in your life. And uh, I think this is really good stuff. I think we should write a book or something. Let's do it, man. <laughs> I got all yours. That's what I was doing on my phone. I, was, I was typing yours in my phone. So Good. So we got all 10. Thank you for sharing your time with me, man. And uh, again, give us a quick, your podcast. Tell us about it. What uh, when's, it, when's it come out? What, uh, yeah, what should people do for your podcast? So yeah, man, it's, it's called fan the flame podcast. You can find it on any place where podcasts are, are pushed. Um, I have a YouTube channel, fan the flame pod podcast. It's, um, it, it's this dove that's on fire. It's like, he's rising out of the fire. Um, and you're going to be blessed by it. I know that if you're not, you might know somebody who is. So if you would just please go on there, like share, subscribe on YouTube, tell people about it, send me an email at fan the flame pod at gmail.com i always love getting emails um hit me up on facebook i'm personally on facebook instagram um all the all the stuff so hit me up if you have any questions about fanning the flame that god has put inside of you maybe you haven't gotten that uh, that flame yet and you just you're tiptoeing on this christianity thing i would love to show you why 
being a Christian is the most important thing that you're ever going to do, most important decision that you're ever going to make in your life. Um, we're out here trying to make disciples, and that's part of what this platform does is equip people um, and to fan into flame the gifts that God has bestowed upon every believer at the laying on of hands during their ordination, 2 Timothy 1, 6. And so, so yeah, good. man, that's it. I, I just love to encourage, love to lift up, love so to good. build up, love hanging with you. So good. It's always good. Everybody go check it out. Fan the Flame podcast with Scott Tilly. You will be blessed. Do all the stuff, the rate, review, subscribe, and share, and all that stuff. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in again. Scott Tilly, thank you for hanging out. Love you long time. Peace.